Today, we have a lot to talk about. The World Series is coming up. Week 7 of the NFL has just wrapped up. And we have the NBA making its triumphant return. A lot to talk about from the boys. Let's get into it. everybody my name is julian i'm here with brooklyn we are the spectators what's going on bk yo 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 another week ready to get into it i'm excited we've loaded we are loaded with sports and i love it bro dude absolutely it's loaded you're so not much. wrong um and we're not even going to talk about a whole lot of it that much like, no. the nba is back but it's too fresh that i don't want to get into super overreactions we will get into that towards the end but as we tend to do around here as we tend to do Let's just hop right in to the NFL. Week 7 has come and gone. We are starting to see... I mean, we still got the Monday game, but we are starting to figure out who's actually good. Like That's yeah. that's the type of thing. You know, it, it always takes a couple weeks because you have teams like the Denver Broncos that kind of start out 3-0. Them, the Panthers, the Raiders start 3-0. We're not really sure what they are. Some of them show who they are. In the coming weeks, some still we have no idea. Uh, but we're going to talk winners and losers. Uh, you want to start me off? You got a winner for me? Yeah, we're going to keep it in Tampa. Winners, shout out Tom Brady. 600 career passing touchdowns. First ever, ever. in NFL history. You got to make that the winner, man. Yeah, first ever. And, um, you know, there's one weird thing about... If, if you guys listen to us regularly... You know, or like follow us on Instagram, you know we probably post more about Tom Brady and talk more about Tom Brady than any other singular athlete. And it's not out of like a Tampa bias or anything like that. It's just he's constantly breaking records at this point in his career. And he's still Ew. winning. They just came off a Super Bowl. The Bucks are 5-1. and one, And 600 career touch, throwing touchdowns is the best first ever, best ever. Crazy. There's just not much you could say. He's nah. he's just elite in a league of his own, and nobody's gonna touch him. Nobody is gonna touch him, and he's still going. That's the craziest that's, thing. That's the craziest part, bro. <laughs> There's probably records we don't even realize that he's gonna break. That he's just they're gonna get shattered. Yeah, and and th there's no way that anybody could even get close to doing what he's doing. No, and I mean, the only reason people would is now we got that extra game in football, and so if somebody's around the same kind of span, but they get that extra game per season, that's the only way you even see things like this happening. But I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. For how long he's been doing it, and for the second half of his career to be objectively, statistically better than the first half, blows my mind. Tom Brady is just otherworldly absolutely a winner for this week i agree shout out to tom shout out to tom and uh my winner for this week we're gonna just go to a different quarterback but on the on the other end of the age spectrum uh joe burrow i mean this guy had a rough year last year when he played he wasn't that good he was okay he showed some glimpses but then he gets the acl injury the, the o-line was always an issue the o-line has stepped up this year drastically improved he has incredible weapons around him with Joe Mixon, Samaje P. Ryan, uh, T. Higgins, 
Jamar Chase, who's probably going to win Rookie of the Year this year, is going to break. Jamar is going off. He's going to break every wide receiver record unless he gets hurt. And again, we got that extra game, so you're going to see records just break every year moving forward because of this uh, extra yeah. game we have. The only one I'm not sure about is the uh, single season rushing record because uh, Eric Dickerson was built different that year. Um, so he's probably going to win rookie of the year and Joe Burrow maybe would have won it last year had he stayed healthy. The Bengals look really good and Joe Burrow is a main, main reason for that. They absolutely put it on the Ravens last year who the Bengals scored six combined points against the Bengals or against the Ravens last year and dropped 41. <laughs> just, just, just an impressive week. Really I'm going to just go ahead and add one of my winners to that. I just had the Cincinnati Bengals because, yeah, yeah. again, Burrow and Jamar Chase, that duo right there is something to be excited for if you're a Bengal fan. Yeah, honestly, it's crazy. Young boys coming in. They got the chemistry. They're built for it. They want it. That's the biggest thing. You could tell that they coming into a losing franchise and saying, we're going to flip the script. Yeah, and hey, as of right now, Granted, this, you know, it's only week seven, but as of right now, week seven, they are the number one seed in the AFC. That's crazy. That's that's actually crazy. And yeah. they beat the Ravens, who won five in a row before this, and they made them look awful. Lamar beat the Jackson, wings off the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's worst game in, in a minute. Uh, it wasn't yeah. prime time. That's the main reason why. And, uh, you know, the Bengals... You know, I said Joe Burrow, you said Bengals. I say those guys with the new uniforms with the stripes are looking real, real good. They earned in their stripes too, man. They earned in their stripes. Yes, Every sir. We love Frosted Flakes, so we love Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Um, all right, give me a loser. Give me a loser. Week 7 loser. Well, you mentioned that the Bengals take the top spot in the AFC. Sure. The loser is... The people who've been at the top spot in the AFC for a while now, the Kansas City Chiefs, they looking rough, man. Mahomes. There's a lot to say, but what is there to say? It's it's really tough seeing it. He's just not what we've expected this year. Yeah. The Chiefs have just stumbled out of the gates, and they they're stumbling trying to get up too. Yeah, Mahomes you know just keeps on his uh picks are just at a skyrocket height right now and the way he got folded this weekend too is just uh, it just sums up how this chief season has gone so far yeah and i mean he's probably going to be out next week maybe longer with this concussion so we'll kind of see what happens there he's been getting a lot of pressure on him this year uh a lot of his skills position guys have not lived up to what they should be a lot of drop passes so, by Tariq Hill too. Yeah, by by all it's by all of them, and that's yeah. that's by no means the uh, the reason that this team is losing. But you know, you get a lot of drops. Uh, it kind of forces your quarterback to try and make plays that he shouldn't be trying to make. And Patrick already yeah. has kind of done that his whole career, and you know that leads to mistakes. And he has made quite a few of them this year, and has not looked like the undisputed like best quarterback in the league like he has since he's really arrived in this league. So yeah, no um, doubt. So for Patty, maybe this concussion thing can kind of get him to take a couple weeks, take a breath, whatever it is, and recuperate. Because this team's not out of it. They're as bad as we want to hit the red button and call them out. They are only no. three and four. 
They're very, very, very reminiscent of the Bucks from last year where they kind of stumble out of the gate. They don't really know what the offense looks like. They got to figure out and plug in here and plug in there, especially on the defensive end. Still a lot of firepower. To, to not a lot be of firepower. in the mix. They're too talented. Yeah. So. And if you're already writing them off... Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 It, that thing's yeah. that thing's gonna happen again when you just get punched in the mouth later on in the season. And here the Chiefs are, second, third seed in the playoff now, and who knows what they do? Because if they get there, they're scary regardless. Yeah, and I of mean, what's going on right now? It's very realistic with a seventeen-game schedule that we're seven games in that they win eight of their next ten. Like it's just realistic. And if you yeah. win eight of your next ten, you're sitting at eleven and five or eleven and six. It's probably a three seed. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's definitely one of the I mean they probably won't win their division with that. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Who knows? That division is kinda all over the place. The Chargers look really good at times, then don't and all that. And then you mentioned the Raiders. They're they're just rolling right now in a sense, so who knows what they end up continuing to do. Yeah, and again, that team still baffles me to this day. I'll never understand them. They, they have a really easy schedule, which is really good for them as well. So, yeah. Who knows? Um, a loser for this week for me has got to be the future of the Chicago Bears. And and hear me out, right? You lose to the Bucks. The Bucks are the world champions. 38-3 in Tampa. It's, it's just a bad game. Uh, Justin Fields is like near tears on the sideline. Like th- this was just a bad game, pretty much from the snap. And the Bears are three and four. The record doesn't show how bad they are. We've talked plenty of times about how records could be completely different trajectories, right? There's no. there's teams like the Colts are three and four, and the Colts are a scary three and four team. They just came off a win against San Francisco in San Francisco in a tsunami. Um, yeah man the bears are on the opposite side of that spectrum they're three and four if they're on my schedule i'm grin to grin ear to ear like i'm let's go get it let's go get it because the bears have a quarterback issue not in the talent department but in the trust department they don't trust justin fields no they don't have a running back that is like dependable because david montgomery is really good but he's hurt constantly they don't have anybody talented at wide receiver besides Allen Robinson, who they refuse to throw the ball to. The defense is aging. They were a tremendous defense for the last three, two, three, four years, and they're all getting a little bit older. Khalil Mack taking a step back. A lot of those guys are just taking a step in the age department, and like you see the Bears enough times, they're going to figure out the schemes. There's enough tape on them. We kind of know how to attack them. To be able to score three points against a team that you're supposed to be able to compete with right now, because the Bears are, in theory, still in, like, compete mode, right? Like, they're still trying to win games, and they're still trying to make a playoff push. Yeah. This is not a good sign. They're going to end this season somewhere around 500. They're not going to have a good draft pick. They're going to try and go after another offensive weapon. It's not going to work out. And they're kind of in one of those perpetual flux situations where it's just like, are we a team that looks like we're going to improve over the next couple of years? Or do we try and fix the offense? And then by the time we fix the offense, the defense is old and tired and now we're giving up 
38 a game, but not to the Bucks. Yeah, you end up giving 38 to the Lions or something, and, and it's exactly just tough. It. And it's tough. It it's tough, and you know this isn't a me hating the Bears spiel. This is just like. But he does. Don't let him fool you. He does. But it's not even that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I don't understand what they're trying to do here. Yeah, and we. You mentioned it. We've talked about it, and we could keep on talking about it. There's no point to harp on it. Like, the Bears are just weird. Yeah. The way they handle their quarterback situations and everything you know surrounding it is just... Who? Washington. A little bit. Like, where they draft a guy who's clearly talented. You know, Washington's drafted uh, RG3 and Kirk Cousins and... Uh, Dwayne Haskins, like these are talented guys for the most part. Dwayne Haskins obviously hasn't really worked out, but they draft them and kind of don't give any confidence in them right away. And then by the time it's their time to shine, they kind of reel them back and say, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And it really feels like that type of situation over there. And with the Bears, they didn't even want Fields to be QB1. No, they want that. That's to be the worst Dalton. thing. That's the worst thing because now they're forced to have him as QB1. And I don't think they were prepared for it. No, I think they wanted them to kind of sit there and vegetate for a year. Maybe soak some stuff up. Maybe not. I don't yeah. really know. But he, he's got to play now, and he's going to keep playing. Because it just feels like everything they do, they do on the fly, yeah. trying to implement an offense around him. And you're in the NFL. That's not going to work. That's not going to work, especially with a young quarterback. If you get a player like, well, we'll just transition into my winner. You get a player like Matthew Stafford for the Rams. Okay, you could work on a fly like that. Yeah. Because that's he's a talented seasoned, guy. He's, he's been here. He's done these things. He's played with some guys. Yeah. and Yeah. So you get a player like that. Yeah, cool. But a young player, yeah. it, it's tough. It's but weird. Yeah, man. The Rams. Shout out to the Rams for finagling their way to get Matthew Stafford. They play the Lions. Stafford gets to go against his old team. Goff gets to go against his old team. Cool. And he just continues to show that he was just wasting away in Detroit. And he has a place to shine in L.A. And he's doing it, man. He's third in passing yards this season, second in touchdowns. He got a 116 passer rating. And the Rams are 6-1. and one. He's Looking got, strong. It, it's crazy, like... We we Look talked about strong. this NFL preview. I said I thought Matthew Stafford was yep. going to win MVP this year. Um, he's probably not at this moment in time just because Kyler is just being <laughs> otherworldly. You um, you could put the Cardinals a winner every single we're week. We're not going to talk more about the yeah. Cardinals. We don't need to. They play the Texans. Like, whatever. You, you, no, you got we, the win. We don't you need, need to. to yeah. But I think this is an important win for the Rams, right? The mm -hmm. Lions are the hardest playing team that's not talented I've ever seen. This team stinks. They have no talent really anywhere outside of, like, miscellaneous positions, right? I actually think they have good wide receivers um, mm. that are, like, have some talent or have some flaws. But yeah, this team plays really hard. We've talked about it before. They're actually a winner in my book, which is crazy because they're 0-7. But Matthew Stafford, his 300th career touchdown pass, which is a lot of touchdowns, and it's half as much as Tom Brady. Um yeah, to be able to squeak out a, a win against a team that, like, fights as hard as the Lion does on a day you just didn't have it. The Rams didn't look good yesterday. They just did That's okay. That happens. But if you can yep. win games on days you don't look good, you're in a good spot.
you're in a good spot. And, you know, I'll just transition that into my winner for the week is the Lions. Again, not because they won. They're 0-7. They might not win a game all season. This is one of the better non-win teams I've ever seen. I see such a bright future for the Lions when they eventually move on from Jared Goff because he's clearly not the answer. He's there to kind of save whatever. He's he's the opposite of Justin Fields, right? The Lions are trying to lose. They have a veteran there. They're going to pay him. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Try and play. If you can get us wins, cool. But if not, we're not mad because eventually you're the reason that we're going to get our future QB1. Right. Yep. And they're just slowly building at every position. They'll probably have Jared Goff again there next year. That's okay. Yep. Have Jared Goff there one more year. Build that defense. By the time you get a quarterback, maybe your O-line's better. And they have a coach that clearly they like to play for. This team reminds me a lot of like that last year where the Bengals were really, really bad, but Joe Burrow was clearly in the foresight. They remind me of that, where it's like all they need is like a little tick here and a tick there. And, and we were saying it so much too, man. Yeah. We were saying it so much. But yeah, uh, I can't really argue with that. They do – they fight. They fight, and they've been rallying around that coach like no tomorrow. They want to play for him, and that's the most important thing. It's really weird to talk about a winner being 0-7, but – I, we talked about it last if week. You watch more, the moral games, victories. You're seeing, it. You're seeing. <laughs> moral victories. We talked about it a lot last week. Moral victories, they are a thing when your team is just not good. They're a thing. Yeah. When your team is really good, like you're not going to feel good if you're the 49ers losing to the Colts in a tsunami because you're like, oh, well, at least we competed in a tsunami. You're not going to feel good about that. Not at all. You got one more loser for me. Sorry, Andro. <laughs> we we talked about it could go one of two ways for the Panthers. We knew which way it was going to go. We knew which we way, knew but we talked way. about it we because talked. we got to talk about it. And, man, they, they hit the left, and they just went down. Yeah. And they're continuing to go down. Darnold forgot how to get rushing touchdowns and now he sucks and they took him out shout out to pj walker they put him in and the the panthers looked so promising it looked like all right cool we we got a new kid on the block somebody to fight at least in the nfc south yeah if if nothing else and they quickly showed us that we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, part of that is losing the best weapon maybe in NFL yeah. history. That I've, I've said this maybe every week. No. I think Christian McCaffrey is maybe the best weapon ever. Uh, not the best running back, not the best catching running back, but put it together, and man. Um, Sam Darnold coming in against the Giants, who have a decent defense, but they came into this game 1-5. and five. They hadn't won a game at home all year yet. Uh, with a 57-3 quarterback rating is the right word is unacceptable, right? Yeah. Like, that's the right word for this. Uh, he gets benched for P.J. Wa- Walker. Walker. Uh, P.J. Walker has been a journeyman. I'm really proud of him. Like, he's not, he's not supposed to be playing in games at the NFL, especially coming in down three or four scores 
on the road. Like, that's not what he's supposed to do. But he came in. He didn't do very well. But they said, you know what? We're going to give him the ball because Sam Darnold is clearly not the guy that we thought we traded for. Or maybe he is. <laughs> that's the thing. I think I do think the team is completely different if uh, CMC actually stays healthy. Yeah, it, but it, exactly. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey being healthy is the biggest what if in sports, right? <laughs> that's the thing. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't it happen. Doesn't and, happen. And it's always like little tweaks too, where he's going to come back at some point, but by the time he comes back, it's too late because you lost those four out of six games that he was gone. And yeah, you know, they haven't had Stefan Gilmore either. They went and got him. He hasn't played yet. This defense hasn't looked the same as it did those first three weeks. And now all of a sudden the Panthers are in the mix to try and get, Deshaun Watson, which crazy that a top five talented team or not team quarterback in this league is just not playing. <laughs> He's just not playing. Deshaun Watson at his best is like one of the three best quarterbacks in this league. And he has been for some time now. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of stuff with him, and you don't really know what you're getting. There's quite a bit of baggage. Say the least. Maybe the Panthers Maybe he just goes to the Panthers fully in shape and they just ball out and they get McCaffrey and they don't lose a game. I don't really know. I don't really know. In a fantasy world, yeah. They they live their life. They they ride off into the sunset that way and everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Or they get the same exact production that they get right now because he hasn't played, hasn't just, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, it, it's going to be weird to see. I was asked about uh, takes on the Washington football team this week, um, and they're not my lo- they're not my final loser of the week, but they might as well have been. Um, but there were two teams that just were significantly worse. I think Washington is uh, backpedaling as they tend to do. Washington always has a good season. Good, you know, they wind up in the playoff mix or in the playoffs. They win a playoff game even last year, mm-hmm. uh, or I don't remember if they did or not. I don't know, whatever. Um, and then they just take a step back because they didn't really address anything. They didn't get better at anything. They just kind of stayed it, and they're like, oh, we're young. We're going to get better, right? Right? That's not how this works. Uh, but my losers for this week, off the back of what you were saying with the Panthers, anybody who's ever played for the New York Jets, including the team currently, and this is not a shot at you. I would have said this had you not liked the Jets regardless. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just say it right now and cut you off. They were my loser. So yeah, whatever I mean, you're whatever you're saying, go. You know, I agree. I don't, I don't it, even care what you say. No, I agree. <laughs> and I want to make it clear. Have the floor. I want to make it clear. It's not anybody currently on the Jets specifically alone. It's anybody who has ever been there. Because there seems to be this weird little like tinge of curse that you leave with. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Geno Smith. Excellent in college. Uh, congratulations to Gino, by the way, for even like being in the league and still, cause he's, he didn't started for like three years. Uh, he's playing for Seattle right now to go from Russell Wilson to Gino Smith is like going from Zendaya to like a, a, a roach on the side of the street. And that's who you're pulling up to the function with a literal cockroach. It, Russ is great. And Gino hasn't played in four years. Like it's not fair. It's not fair to the cockroach. It's not making fun of the cockroach, but you just are what you are. <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson, another quarterback falling susceptible oh. to 
being drafted by a team that has no faith in you, i.e. Justin Fields, i.e. Sam Darnold. These guys never had any trust. The second they got drafted, it was like, well, I don't even want this guy. <laughs> Whereas you look at the Patriots with Mac Jones, and they, they got Mac Jones. They're like, yes, Tom Brady Jr., let's go. There was never yeah. that with Zach Wilson, ever. With anybody, the fans, the coaches, the other players, never. Um, Le'Veon Bell can't even get touches for the Ravens, who are literally on RB6 right now. Because Latavius Murray is out. That's a whole situation in its own right there. They There's <laughs> they something in the water over there. And running there's back. something in the water over there in Baltimore that they just got to cut. <laughs> they just need to run fullbacks because they'll stay healthy at least. They just have to. We talked about Sam Darnold. I'm not going to harp on that any longer. And then the Jets, man, they, they play Mac Jones. That's the crazy thing, right? You draft Zach Wilson before Mac Jones, significantly before Mac Jones. Then you play the Patriots, who aren't that much better talent-wise. Like, they are a little bit better, and I think everybody knew they were going to be a better team, potentially a playoff team. There is no world in my brain that the Patriots should be scoring 54 points against the Jets. There is no world. And that's that's a compliment to the Jets, right? I, I imagine that the Jets are better than that. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm not surprised at the 54 at all. I saw it. I said, <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. It, it, it's just, it's a bad situation over there. They try and do the coaching change, but like, Salah I just don't think do the so personnel. much you've had yeah, the, so much personnel. Yeah. I do think that he'll be a game changer, whether it's later on this year, next year, down the road. I do think he's very good for the franchise. The personnel that we have accumulated throughout the yeah. past couple years, and especially the ones that we've gotten rid of throughout the course of this span, it just makes no sense, man. And yeah. also, I forgot to mention in my Jets rant, uh, Jamal Adams is awful. He's maybe the worst coverage linebacker in league history. I, I'm willing to throw it out there. He's terrible. If he's not blitzing, he's useless. Yeah. And he was not that way with the Jets, so. <laughs> I, feel like, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like that. he was. It was just. Yeah, it was, you, didn't, it was, you didn't realize it. He because... was just the best player on the team, so we're like, Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I... Winners and losers. I, I think you got a little bit more stuck in here. Go go ahead, clear. No, throw. I'm done. I'm done. No, I, 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 think, I think you got, uh, got a little bit more. I'm good. The Jets are really <laughs> bad. They're not the worst franchise in the sport but they're damn near. But I do want to hear something from a certain someone. Ooh. I think our boy Gerard got something to say. Ooh. Gerard, you in that corner? A.O.G. Come, Come on out. talk to us, King. Come on out, G. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Gerard. And today we're talking about another segment of Fantasy Corner. We're going to take a look in at week seven and see those top performers of the week. We're going to be checking out the people who y'all should be getting rid of, either by dropping or trade in your leagues and people y'all should be looking out for on the waiver wire. So for QB1 in a crazy bye week where I feel like every team was on bye, we got Tua. Tua had 291 yards, four touchdowns, two picks for a total of 28.5 fantasy points. If you picked him up on the bye off for the bye weeks, that was a good pickup for y'all. 
DeAndre Swift is running back one for this week. 48, only 48 rushing yards, but he had 96 receiving yards and he broke off a touchdown. That was, I think, 67 yards. So good game for him for a total of 30.4 fantasy points. Next, we got Cooper Cup. He is unstoppable this year. 156 yards, 10 receptions, two touchdowns for 37.6 fantasy points. He is clearly Matthew Stafford's favorite target in that offense. CJ Uzuma of the Cincinnati Bengals is your tight end one this week. He only had three catches, but it was for 91 yards and two touchdowns. So that gave him about 26.1 fantasy points for the week. Now on to people who y'all should be getting rid of in your leagues. These people, you can probably just drop. OBJ, you can drop him. He's not doing much this year. Landry's back. And even Case Keenum couldn't hit OBJ. So it's just, it might be something with OBJ. I thought it was a connection between Baker and OBJ, but it just might be OBJ at this point. I'd feel real comfortable with dropping him. A-Rob. Yeah, they played against the Bucks, but even if they weren't playing against the Bucks. Mooney is the number one right now option for uh, Fields. And A-Rob just hasn't done anything all season. Like, you can probably drop him at this point. Brandon Ayuk, I had hope coming off the bye week, you know, that he would somehow get it together, get some rapport with his quarterback, his coaching staff, whatever. But he's just not running routes. So if he's on your team, it's time for him to drop. He's off mine. Miles Sanders, yeah, he got hurt. But even then, like, even if he wasn't hurt, it might be time to get rid of him. Trade him though, maybe you might be able to get something out of him from like, you know, his projected season totals or whatever, but not looking good for Miles Sanders. Mike Davis, you probably just go ahead and drop them. Carter Patterson is the number one over there. Mike Davis was getting most of the rushing uh, opportunities, but I don't think he got maybe three rushing opportunities uh, last game. And Cordell Patterson was rushing for like 10, 12 times a while, also getting the receiving work. Damian Williams, um, go ahead and drop him. Um, David Montgomery's coming back, I think, if not this week, then next week. And Khalil Herbert is the running back one until that happens, so there's no room for Damian Williams anymore. Tyler Boyd, his little stunt of like two, three weeks is over. Higgins is back. Jamar Chase is the best rookie wide receiver I've seen in a very long time. Um, so there's no love for him there. And Antonio Gibson, definitely look to trade him, though. Looks like his uh, shin fracture is starting to bother him a lot. It's really messing up his production, and J.D. McKissick is getting most of the passing touches. And with, without, like, a fully functioning leg, it's hard to run. So Gibson is on the bottom tier of players that you should be getting rid of. Waiver wire ads for the week. I don't know what's up with Chubb, but if Chubb is out, D. Ernest Johnson is not only a must-add for the week, but he's also a must-start especially if you don't have that many running backs. He had 24 points this week, and he looked really good. Khalif Raymond of the Detroit Lions. He's probably been one of the only consistent targets Matthew Stafford has had. Not Stafford, good Lord. Jared Goff has had this year. Back-to-back um, -back games of, of, of some double-digit fantasy points, I believe. So look for him in some deeper leagues. Uh, Kendrick Bourne of the New England Patriots. They signed him to a pretty big deal this offseason just so Mac Jones can have some weapons. And it's starting like it's finally paying off, you know. So definitely keep an eye on him. Rashad Penny, uh, he's coming off the IR this week. Uh, play tonight, actually. And 
I, I like for Rashad Penny, especially if Chris Carson remains out and Alex Collins is dealing with some injuries. I like Rashad Penny to take a bulk of the workload, uh, especially tonight. It's against the Saints if everything, if Collins is hurt and everything like that. Rashad Bateman looks really good. He looks really good. Uh, three, only three receptions for 80 yards, though. So, and a high power Ravens offense um, that's usually a lot more high power than the 17 points they put up against the uh, Bengals. Look for Rashad Bateman to be someone who you can rely on. He's a solid flex option the rest of the way for me. Uh, Mo Alley Cox of the Indianapolis Colts. He, in his past four games, he's had either 50 yards receiving or a touchdown. He seems to be one of their main uh, red zone targets. So that's always going to be a big boost for you if, in fantasy, especially in PPR and stuff like that. Zach Ertz. Looked really good with his first game in Arizona. Um, it looked like Kyler Murray was trying to get him involved, and he had his longest uh, receiving touchdown of the season, maybe even his career. Um, broke one to the house, I think it was 40-plus yards, but look for Zach Ertz to be a main target over there in Arizona. So people you shouldn't be worrying about, though. They had really bad weeks. Um, don't worry about Aaron Jones. He had a rough one. But, you know, with that Packers offense, Devontae Adams is a clear number one. And sometimes they don't need Aaron Jones to do anything. And that was just one of those games. Um, Daryl Henderson, that game was weird to me um, against the Lions. They scored a touchdown and went for an onside kick. So the Lions were kind of just playing catch up for the most of the game and just try to put the Lions out of their misery. So wasn't really much need for them to run it. Plus, Cooper Cup went off. A um, bunch of others that just had average games. But honestly... At this point of the season, we know who's balling. We know who's not. No one's really kind of just surprising anyone at this point. This year has been pretty stagnant as far as that goes. But other than that, that is it. Make sure y'all tune in tonight to the Monday Night Football game, Seahawks versus Saints. Other than that, I'm your boy Gerard. Catch y'all next week for Fantasy Corner Week 8. Peace. Thank you, Gerard, for that corner preview and all the fantasy knowledge that you drop every week. Uh, Allen Robinson stinks and miles gaskin i'll, I'll sit in my weekly miles gaskin report he's good this week he'll be bad next week don't start him let's go <laughs> just uh just know that um, let's go and you know brooklyn got a little pumpkin on his head i got my my, my homie over here richard and uh we're celebrating the late part of october halloween's around the corner and there's something else that happens every year around this point when halloween's coming it says it's a specific series too. Um, and what's what's that? Uh, something about the globe or uh, <clears throat> the world, the World Series, huh? Huh. And what they be doing for that? Best of seven series, Braves, okay. Astros. Okay. Yeah. We got the World Series coming up tomorrow, Tuesday. I think at eight o'clock. Who's to say? It is Who's going to, to be in Houston for Game One. Astros are back for the third time in five years. First time just clean of cheating, allegedly. 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 Big allegedly. I think that. this is probably their first clean one, realistically. Um, they've been to the championship series four straight times, five straight times, something like that. And uh, they are back in the World Series. I think they're heavy favorites as well. Going against the underdog Braves. The Braves have been underdogs in all three of their series to this point. Uh, against the Brewers, I don't think people thought they were going to win that. They go against the 107-win Dodgers and kind of just punch them in the mouth, honestly. 
Yeah. And now to go against a team who's been here before in the Astros. This Braves team has been really, really fun. Give me some some initial thoughts on this World Series matchup. It's exciting. It's exciting because on the other side, we get a team that we haven't seen there in a while. We, we get some players like Freddie Freeman Fresh to finally, yeah. finally see him in the World Series. So that's dope. Yep. And then we we got the the Astros, the the villains, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they face off against this spunky Brave team, because I feel like everybody's just gonna write off the Braves, and naturally because the Astros are are dangerous, They're really good. are dangerous, and right now this is this is their turf. They're, they've been the dynasty. Over the last five years, I hate that that had to come out of my mouth, but it is what it is. They're at the top. They're the top dog. So, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I know you saw the stat that I saw where it's this series will have them tie and potentially pass the core four with total playoff games played together and the core four of the Astros being... Correa, Altuve, Yuli Gurriel, and I don't remember the fourth guy. I want to say Jordan. I want to say it's Jordan, but there's four of them. And that core four will tie and or surpass the Yankees core four of the 90s dynasty. I hate that. For total games played together as a unit, which is absolutely crazy and just goes to show. I mean, that's what happens when you go to four straight CSs. And uh, most of them go to seven games. And you yeah. go to a couple World Series, two of those go to seven games. Like, that that's how that'll go. You play a lot of games together. Uh, and th- this game one matchup is pretty cool. Uh, this guy won a ring in Houston. Charlie Morton versus Framber Valdez. Uh, Framber is young. He is really, really good. One of the better young pitchers in the league. And Charlie Morton's done it before late bloomer took him till he got to Houston to become good. And he's been a playoff workhorse since being there. Absolutely. I don't really know what to think about this matchup. Honestly, these two teams haven't played each other. And I think three years. So they are, they don't know each other at all. This is very different than the Astros playing the Yankees in the championship series. The Astros playing the Rays. Like these teams haven't seen each other. So there's going to be a lot of analytics kind of put into this because it's all hypotheticals. And I, I'm just excited that this feels, this feels very interesting. I just think the Astros are going to win. I think at some point, at some point, not having a top three player in the world is going to come back to bite you. And so, Cunha is just going to be very, very missed. I don't know what happened to Brooklyn here. I lost my dog. <laughs> I lost my dog. But, um, you know, game one happening tomorrow. It's always fun to have some October baseball. And when you have guys like Eddie Rosario and Jordan Alvarez who are just absolutely popping off the way that they are, it's just uh, pretty impressive stuff. So, uh, you know, we lost Brooklyn fully. <laughs> we lost Brooklyn fully. Thank you everybody for 
coming by and stopping by the episode. You know we appreciate you. Make sure you go ahead and check out the socials at underscore the spectators. Check us out. We'll be back next week with some more NFL knowledge, some NBA stuff that we'll actually get into next week, and uh, some recap on the World Series. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Later, everybody.